1: One more game left in the best ball regular season. You spent months and months drafting these teams. Maybe you're live to win a bunch of money. Maybe you're like me, and you're not live to win any real money. But either way, we're here to get ready for the finals. The final game, Bills-Bengals, the game everybody has been waiting for, the game of the regular season, and it closes out the best ball season. It's going to decide millions and millions of dollars and we're going to figure out who you might need to have who, who maybe one of our friends is fading everyone in in this game and what you might be able to get tonight to take home all the big bucks in best ball well I had hoped to show up to this show. A, we were supposed to have this show yesterday, but yeah. shout out to our good friend Patrick Corrine, who uh, clearly no one else needed to be live sweating um, last night's game or the end of yesterday's games quite like Pat. So we let we let them have that one <laughs> because we didn't we didn't need to be uh, having me recap my teams that are all in like you know <laughs> the bottom. Ten percent of all of these uh, uh, best ball finals. It was not a good week for me. Um, my best team is really not very good, but it is in in, in eighth in the nine dollar button hook. Um, of course, it which is. is. Which is yeah, exactly. Uh, my one team, you know, my, and of course, it's a Mahomes Kelsey team uh, that doesn't have McKinnon, and Kelsey was awful anyway. But um, nothing, you know, I, I can't win anything worthwhile on that team. And my two teams that I thought were Pretty damn good coming coming into the week. Just were horrible. Absolutely horrible. I'm gonna finish very near the bottom of both tournaments. But um, I don't know how how you did. Probably not uh, a whole lot better if I remember all the all the players on your team you were sweating. But I think it's a it's it's kind of a fascinating, like not lesson necessarily, but like reminder of how absurd this game is, right? Like Mike Evans is the guy you need and was one of the worst picks <laughs> we joked about like cam acres right and all these guys mike evans might have actually been the, the assuming health right if we mm-hmm. if we take out the injured guys at least early round players mike evans was probably one of the worst picks for the regular season but everybody you know not in bbm i guess but in most tournaments there's a mike evans team up top so it's a it's a, a stark reminder that uh, this game is crazy
2: well, the guy that's in first and the puppy right now, the the first puppy, that's the tournament I'm in. Mm-hmm. He has Mike Evans. He has the nuts. He, I, this is like my fear. He'd be crushing BBM right now. He's up mm. like twenty points on Crane's team or something oh, like that. Jeez. And he has like one eighty seven or something close to that. And he's like the only Mike Evans team. There might be one more. And it's like, yeah, he's going to win 75 grand. But like you put that team up and you're like, I could have won $2 million with this team. That's uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It's it's a tough spot to be in. I mean, you're getting 75 grand, right? Like, so I guess it's like not the worst. But yeah, my teams are relatively dead with uh, the exception of Devin Singletary does something nuclear. I can win a little over a thousand on that puppy team. I'm like right in the Mm -hmm. middle there. Um, Good thing I did research last night though, because as I dug through all of the spike week streams, all of the ship chasing streams, I was able to find the draft that Pat Corain did (laughs) to have this BBM team. And he did that draft with me and I posted it on Twitter. So (laughs) it seems as though I have a sweat at $2 million today is the way I'm looking at it.
1: Yeah, that's. Um, I noticed. I, I I peeked in for just a few minutes on uh, the. Str- I, I love Pat. I want so I wanted to tune in a little bit and watch him be miserable for, for uh, a little bit on their stream last night. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, and so I, I, you know, but I, I was, I was still pretty uh, tilted from mm-hmm. from the day of football and how it all all played out. We were just gonna hang out and watch some TV and stuff and. And be done be done with it for a day because I knew I'd ba- you know we'd bounce back today, and uh, Pete and uh, Ben and others were pulling that joke quite quite a lot as well. So you're in. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad company, but uh, you know the people are coming for Pat's money here. The guy hasn't even won the two million yet,
2: <laughs> and everybody's coming for for their share of it. You know, I'm just saying that I I found the stream where we drafted. I have video there's, evidence. There's, yeah, there's, there's proof. There's proof. So. Um, I've already hired lawyers is what I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> I will say, um, <laughs> two, it's two totally unrelated things, but the, I, uh, with, with, with Pat's sweat for anyone that doesn't know, I assume if you're watching this, you probably know Pat crane who's on ship chasing and works for, um, Roto world NBC sports is in first in best Ball mania three <laughs> currently winning $2 million has no players left, had no players left last night. Survived that one um, for the most part and is now sweating <laughs> one of the best and highest potential scoring games of the entire regular season and has yeah. to fade all, all of these guys. Um if you're hanging out later, uh, shout out to Hacker. I see him in the in the, the chat. He had a good comment that I wanted to piggyback on this conversation or this point that I'm making. Um I'm gonna hop on chip chasing for a little bit and You know, just enjoy the sweat with Pat, but also talk through because Hacker put together kind of all the scenarios, all the teams that can realistically right. If you need 70 Devin Singletary points, you know, you don't get your team doesn't get on the list of of teams that can actually catch him. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I'm going to walk through some of those scenarios (laughs) to I don't know if it's going to ease Pat's pain, because there's a few that I would not feel very excited about if I were a
2: few that were scary. Yeah, there's a few that are
1: Really, really scary. Um, but ha- hacker's point, I just wanted to bring up real, real fast because yeah. he said it's crazy there are so many live teams without Evans. What if the guy? What if you don't need the guy? You need right? And it is a fascinating, like thing, you know, thought experiment. In that Mike Evans was two percent owned in the uh, in Best Ball Mania Three. Now, generally, even like a two percent owned guy. Like in the DraftKings melee with a thousand teams, there's probably gonna be and and the whole top five is Mike Evans, or the top nine or something like that, is Mike Evans on DraftKings, and he put up 50 on dra- on yeah. DraftKings. So that's a really tough fade, right? Yeah. He he scored 25% of the top teams' points. My melee team has like 94 points. He barely I barely beat Mike Evans. You know, Tom Brady and Mike Evans like basically beat me on DraftKings. But it the smaller the field, right. This is, goes back to our contest selection stuff that we talked about. It's twofold. Of course, I'm, I'm still going to max BBM next year. I'm still going to max the DraftKings Millie because it's really not that much money to chase You know, life-changing money. But your, your thing about the puppy and hackers comment was like, yes, of course, you're not that guy put up a monster score, you know, like has Evans, but it's easier to just blow away the field. If you find right last year's Jamar Chase, two years ago Alvin Kamara, this year's Mike Evans, especially at low ownership, Chase wasn't that low owned, but Kamara was, and um, Evans was this year. If you're in the smaller field, you can just right that you find Mike Evans. You don't need a lot more. You don't need a lot more in the the small fields, especially like on DraftKings where we got into these like ten man finals, twelve man finals, twenty man finals, and so it just made me think about kind of contest selection a little bit more. Like I said, I want to chase the life-changing money. So I'm not going to stop playing those, but like, am I going to max the puppy seven (laughs) next year? You know, probably not. I think I want to, it just reminded me that like a, especially on the contest that you're in, you might be able to win without the guy that you need or the, the inverse is also true. If you find the guy you need in a smaller field, you, you may need a lot less, right? In BBM, you still need a lot of juice around Mike Evans, but like in the the Big Dog or, right, the high-stakes DraftKings tournament, you may not need a ton around Mike Evans if you just so happen to get him there. You know what I mean? And so it just had me thinking kind of about, uh, obviously, my teams are dust, so I'm already starting to think about next year and all that, and um, a hacker's comment reminded me of that.
2: Well, let me ask you this while we're on this subject. We, we talk about our structures that we like falling into player traps, like in the sense of when we like to draft a certain structure, we tend to like certain guys. So especially for us in that range, we, when we're drafting our zero RB teams and stuff, Evans, along with most of our peers, let's be real. They weren't looking at Evans. They were taking AJ Brown. They were taking mm-hmm. T Higgins. They were taking, you know, Tyree kill and all that stuff. And, People went out of their way to say how much they didn't like Mike Evans. Now, when we don't like a guy that much for people that are drafting like a specific type of structure, is that a guy in the future? And this could be results oriented for this year. Mm -hmm. Should we be mixing Mike Evans in more because it's like, all right, well, we know that the people that are drafting these type of teams, Mike Evans isn't on their player list if we're mixing mike evans into these hero rb teams or these zero rb teams we're getting different from the rest of our pairs we're drafting mike evans in a structure that we believe is going to advance more gives us a better shot at winning and now oh all of a sudden we're unique because we're the one team that was doing it with mike evans Mm -hmm. and i guess like finding that line of which players to do that with and not do that with because the flip side is Allen robinson because no one wanted Allen Robinson either, and we were right on that one. So the difference, I think, is we knew Mike Evans was possible of nuclear games. Like, that range was always there. Like, I, if someone was going to tell you that he wasn't capable of three uh, three t- touchdowns in a game previous to the season, don't listen to that person anymore Correct. because Mike Evans has that upside. We knew it more, more than Godwin like we like Godwin better as a player cuz he just gets more volume and blah 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 but in a one game slate Evans is greater than Godwin in theory right Evans
1: did Evans did the thing that Jamar Chase did against the Chiefs last year and if he's not Jamar everyone I'm not trying to compare him as a football player but the role that he plays is essentially a down the field outside boundary wide receiver right Mm-hmm. All year, the part of the reason why he's busted all year is because a he's dropped like two or three, <laughs> like literally wide open, dropped 70 yard touchdowns. And Brady has been really bad actually connecting with him down the field. It really hasn't been for a total lack of opportunity, but that's the point is he, he wasn't right. Like you said, I love Chris, Chris Cobbins, like arguably my favorite player in the NFL. He's a really good football player, but like Keenan Allen's a really good football player too. Mm-hmm. I don't draft Keenan Allen, and you know I'm not, again I'm not comparing Godwin to Keenan Allen, but they're different archetypes of players, right? It's like it's like the rookie comparing Wandale, right, to Pickens, right? They're both pretty good football players. It's just Pickens really just gets a bunch of downfield shots, and you pray to God he you know makes crazy catches, and Wandale gets a bunch of two yard targets. They're just different archetypes of players, and so my takeaway. I've been, I've, I've thought about this a lot and I feel I was on the right path throughout the course of the off season, but didn't quite get all the way there to where I need to be. And this might be my number one biggest lesson, um, from the whole season. And I feel actually fairly confident in it. I had, if you recall, Jacob Sanderson, um, Mm -hmm. on a a draft stream and we, we talked kind of strategy and upside and all that stuff for quite a while. And it's one of those things where some talking to other smart people can be so helpful that I knew knew that I knew this, right? It was actually like the Gabe Davis thesis when everyone kept saying you can't draft Gabe, right? Because of X, Y, Z. My whole thesis was in any, A, his floor is pretty high. He's like a a small loss player. And so maybe Mike Evans wasn't a small loss, but he's probably fairly big loss this year, you know, regular season wise. But his weekly ceiling... And his role in a good offense is such that, like, I I can't leave my portfolio without this guy. And you know, Gabe was three rounds cheaper, so I was you know, and the Bills are better than the Bucks, and blah blah blah. So my my argument for someone like Gabe, the argument for lots of other people, Javante, is the upside was so crazy, especially in any one given week, right? Gabe Gabe Davis did this last year. Gabe Evans Chase. Kamara, there's only a handful of these guys that have even done this in any single one week. So those kinds of archetypes are who you need to target. And you need to identify those archetypes first. Before ADP, throw that shit out the window. You like why Allen Robinson and Brandon Cooks and, and Keenan Allen were not good picks, in my in my opinion, for, for me and how I play this game is because they there is there is not a universe, there's not a metaverse in which they can do what Mike Evans just did. Not possible. Right. right. Just can't do it. Allen Robinson. I don't care that Allen Robinson was on the Rams. He's the wide receiver. He, he, he cannot do. He doesn't have that role on the Rams offense, even when, even if he was still good, whatever. Brandon Cooks cannot do that, right? Keenan Allen cannot do that. They can accumulate a bunch of catches and have a good week. That's great. That's not how we win best ball, right? Jamar Chase last year is how you win. Gabe Davis in the playoff best ball contest is how you win. And Mike Evans this week is how you win. And Mike Evans, was a guy who I singled out, I fell into this trap everybody did and we said second round Mike Evans what? like we treated it like our regular fantasy football league with our home buddies. I would you know you're not you don't care about having Mike Evans in your home league because <laughs> the team who drafted Mike Evans in the second round got dusted off yeah. right because you had AJ Brown but in best ball, you you can't, in my opinion completely X out archetypes of players that have that kind of a weekly ceiling. Now you're not always going to be right about that weekly ceiling, right? The Rams went to shambles, blah, blah, blah. Shit happens, but you can't completely, you start your process with the players that are the archetypes that can do what Mike Evans just did. Now cost adjust for all the other stuff. And you say, Oh Jesus Christ, Mike Evans is a, is fancy Gabe Davis. I don't need to spend a second round pick on that a lot. But you, you you can't just say, nope, no Mike Evans ever, right? Because he can do this. And so would you have got – by if we drafted 5% Mike Evans, would we have gotten anybody through? Probably not. But, right, we talked about a long time ago, like, look at all those <laughs> – I don't mean to do this because you have them both on your finals team. Like, look at all those Dalvin teams and look at those Najee teams and look at those whatever – those, those Andrews teams look, I, I would like to have my Andrews teams back, put those on Mike Evans, right? You just take a handful. And then, like you said, then I'm going to have the structure, I'm going to have whatever, and I, and I have my share. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But starting with the archetype and kind of the weekly ceiling and the, and the general seasonal ceiling, I think is the whole thing here. And that's the difference between best ball. And it's hard to, for people to wrap their head around because you're like, Mike Evans can't pay off a second round ADP. I'm like, well, he just did. <laughs> In best ball, he just did. It doesn't matter. The The rest of the shit doesn't matter. What he did for the first 12 weeks, 13 weeks, 14, it really doesn't matter. And that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. This game is different. And even I feel like I didn't, I didn't even... I talk about it every day for a fucking living, and I don't feel like I encapsulated it in my process like i should have
2: but the, the flip side is just because you're you don't fall into that trap and i was just checking my percentage on mike evans for the season i was at 10 mike evans which is good for you that's yeah. decent doesn't mean i got him through but right. at least i had the chance at him right so like i wasn't anti evans but i wasn't like going out of my way to draft him if he was there and it made sense i was taking him mm-hmm. but again it's it's Shots on goal with guys that we want to get there. Uh, great comment by Hacker in the chat. He said, good on Rob to listen to his criticism. He's talking a lot less today. I got the, it was for the other podcast, but we got the greatest review ever um, over the course of 2022, where on the podcast review, they wrote, they talk too much. And I don't, it's a podcast. I don't know what uh, what uh they're looking for there. Shh, <laughs>
1: It. Let's go silent. A like, moment of silence for. Hold on. Now this is on our. This is reviews of our podcast. The, this no podcast. no. It,
2: it was on hometown ghost stories, but it was just my. Someone favorite said review. on hometown
1: ghost stories review the podcast and said you talk. They talk too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's almost as good. All right. Look, I'm not trying to. Dunk, I'm not trying to dunk on people, but we have some really good comments on our. On our uh, uh, podcast. Podcast as well. And I just wanted to pull it up while we're talking about this. A, there's a, I posted this one on Twitter because maybe I was triggered that morning or something. The guy says, if you're looking to lose money, that's someone who loses money every baseball season. Then this podcast is for you. First of all, what's really funny about that is that, look, I have a lot of personal flaws and <laughs> no offense. I'm not trying to be rude. We all do. You're human, just like I am. The, the one thing I have successfully done is make money at best ball. Like I've done a lot of other bad shit and given a lot of bad advice. But the one thing you can't say is that I've lost money at best ball. It's like, dude, I'm easily trollable. How could you fuck this up? How could you possibly fuck up this troll and pick the one thing that uh, uh, <laughs> that you can't dunk on me for? And this one is absolutely legendary. Sorry, Bartleby, but not really <laughs> reviewing the podcast not really a podcast this is meant to be watched on YouTube a we are on we are on YouTube we just repurposed them for podcasts as a, so a podcast this is not I'm reading this for Bartleby so you know the audio listeners uh can understand I cannot say if these guys are good or bad I can say the the podcast is meaningless because i don't see a draft board and i have no idea who they who they pick sir you are listening to an audio only podcast <laughs> what podcast shows you a fucking draft board it's not i'm not gonna <laughs> we did i think we did that didn't you do that the one time after this comment you read like every pick in the in the whole draft <laughs> Troll, yeah, this guy. That.
2: but uh yeah people are people are hilarious with the the comments Bartleby the cat, if you go through like all of our friends' podcasts and stuff, he leaves a one star review on everybody's oh, stuff. Really? Yeah. I think the only one that was spared a one star was Pete. I think he might have got a two star. Oh. Bartleby the cat. Well, but,
1: well, Pete, Pete, you can't see Pete's draft boards on the audio podcast either. What the fuck?
2: <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I love those. I have another one I'll share with you at some point when I find it, but. Um, People are people. Crack me up! It's it so just it kills me. Anyways, the Mike Evans thing, we went we went over it. I think your point is spot on. We need to be going through and maybe just take a day where you take the the draft board as it currently stands and just highlight and X out players in terms of like who's capable of doing this, mm-hmm. like for you round by round, right and. Go off of that and where you think it matters more. Obviously, I think it matters more in the early rounds. You're drafting for upside way more so in the early rounds than you are in like round 11. So um that's that's something that we need to be looking at when we start firing these drafts up again. Oh, in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, the
1: first tournaments come in once these playoff tournaments are done. Yeah. Two weeks or whatever it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think it's a great discussion. I think it's a good thing to self-reflect on this stuff and like find what we were doing wrong. Maybe one of the things I was doing wrong, even though I had 10% Evans was maybe when I do take my player stands, maybe I don't take them so early and I do flatten that exposure slightly over guys that I like in the first two rounds. And I really hammer guys that I like more in the mid to late rounds. Um, that's something I need to look at. Cause Javante Williams, as much as I liked him as a pick. Twenty something percent, Javante Williams pr- probably tanked me, and I advanced more teams than than most. I had like a twenty eight percent advance rate. Imagine if I wasn't drafting twenty four percent, Javante Williams. <laughs> I get a four. I get a few more teams through. So, but I could be saying the flip side of that. I could be dunking on everybody right now because clearly Melvin Gordon wasn't going to be it behind him if he doesn't get hurt. And even with a bad offense, I still think he gets. He has a pretty good year. So I mean, it, it's. You know, football is such a game of like yo yoing and every game matters. And it's just, it's a crazy, crazy sport. And it's,
1: it's so, it's, it's impossible to even like truly explain this format of fantasy football. Like the best ball, the best ball tournaments, specifically with these, right? These randomized pods and the, you know, four uncorrelated tournaments, all the, cookie cutter stuff that people will say it's it's almost impossible to explain it because we're sitting here saying i hated mike evans coming into the year he's like the antithesis of a player that i like to draft certainly in the second round he's a fine real life nfl wide receiver he's not right He was going next to aj brown and, Ty- and tyree Hill. and even like debo is a much better real life football player than mike evans mike evans is good obviously He has had a good career but at this point he's aging like he's aging out Mm -hmm. he's aging out of like the star wide receiver uh group and we kind of saw that this year just another ho-hum decent year for mike evans i was much lower on the bucks than uh market and so that like i didn't even chris godwin's my guy and he was much cheaper and i didn't even really draft him obviously i wasn't really drafting lenny um, I wasn't drafting Brady. So I don't really I will say about Brady on the flip side. I don't I don't really have any regrets about Brady. And I don't have a lot of regrets about like the the in a vacuum take of Mike Evans. My my regret and takeaway is what I talked about that Mike Evans, I you I I don't think we can get so honed in on the names and the traditional way in which we evaluate players, mm-hmm. right? Mike Evans is I I told you these AirPods are freaking killing me. Mike Evans is a weekly crazy high ceiling player. He's really expensive. So, okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the requisite percent I should have, I should have drafted Mike Evans on, but it it shouldn't have been zero if I was going to draft, right. We drafted Gabe and MVS and you know, all these other high upside weekly high upside wide receivers for cheaper We should also draft the second round guy that's like, that's super, super, super fancy Gabe Davis, right? Like he's fancy version Gabe Davis. He's, he's Rodeo drive Gabe Davis. And I took zero. It's like you were on the right path here. That's the frustrating part. It's like, you were on the right path here. You should just have like four to 5% because AJ Brown also has that ceiling, right? And Tyreek also has that ceiling, et cetera, but. I I took a complete stand against that, that player that symbolizes kind of the weekly ceiling that we look for. It's a, the the whole company is called spike week. (laughs) He's a spike week type player. And I took a stand against him. Like the, the, the the X out players are like those dusty aging running backs that don't really have that ceiling or, or Najee Um, like, right. Like Mixon was that guy for me, et cetera. I know he had the one big game, but um, and then like cooks Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, right? Those those kind of guys. Like you've talked about Jacoby Myers. Um, I'm trying to think of you know just some other guys off the top of my head. Those are the guys where it's like, dude, if you have zero of them, who cares? They're right. not going to kill you. But I I just don't think I should be doing the zero of those kind of archetypes because I still was ingrained a little bit in you know, how we analyze fantasy football as you draft in your 12-team league, right? And you're just trying to take down your buddies in your 12-team league.
2: Do you think age had a lot to do with it with Mike Evans? Because everyone that was in on Gabe Davis was in on Mike Williams, right? So, like, they were compared to as, like, sort of the same type of player. But the people that liked that liked Mike Evans are the opposite of us or the guys that like the draft running backs a lot. So, it's kind of weird that that's where Mike Evans ended up going. Like, how he ended up flipping – for both sides to to a degree. So, I don't know, I think maybe that might be one of the things. Um, but next year again, definitely definitely going to be reevaluating my process on players specifically in the early rounds, first, second, third round. I'm going to still fade players. I'm still going to get some leverage on players that I think are better, but once I get to the point where I, I'm never clicking on a name, I'll be going back to that name to make sure that, you know, am I missing something? And maybe we're not, maybe we're not missing something. So I think that kind of puts a a cap on the Mike Davis talk. While Eric is figuring out his audio, I'll go through some of my teams that I have left. And then I want to kind of start talking about people in the chat. I've seen some people post some stuff there. Um, I don't have any major sweats in the puppy one. I'm in 43rd right now. I still have Devin Singletary to go. All he has to do to actually score points is beat Ramondre 6.1. So he could get me up there. Um, if he gets a 20 point game, we get up into the $2,000 range at the moment. Again, the, the game tonight is Bengals-Bills, so a lot of shifting could be done there. It is crazy. The guy in first place has 184 points. The guy in second has 145. And the guy in second I don't think has anyone to go. So it's like in order for someone to beat this guy, he is uh shout-out to Bushinger one He has the Brady-Mike Evans stack with a DJ Moore bring back with Austin Eckler. So he kind of just like dunked on Jesus. everybody with the nuts. Like that's how he Jeez. ended up getting there. So, yeah, 184 points for this guy. Josh Jacobs was a second running back, carried him through the season. Um, interesting build. He, he started with Eckler, came back with Evans. I mean, clearly knew what he was doing because he has God when he actually has the Brady double with the DJ Moore bring back. Completely correlated for week 17. Picked the right game and it's just like dunking on everybody right now with with the correlated carolina bucks game
1: um and on the week 17 thing i actually think um so, some people will still get mad about week 17 conversation and stuff like that so i actually think this week proved the point of what week 17 is about it's not about no one in their right mind said I gotta go target the Bucks Panthers game, and no one in their right mind said I gotta go reach right. I gotta go reach for Evans. I gotta go reach for Godwin. I gotta reach for DJ Moore. I gotta reach for Tom Brady. What? No one said that. Like, if anyone was saying go target week seventeen for the games that are the best, you would never have landed on that on on, on that game. It was Baker Mayfield on the Panthers? Right. A lot of people don't even like DJ Moore. Um, the Bucks are fine. Bucks are fine but it it actually was like the reason why okay you landed evans now you get to that right dj moore was in this tier of wide receivers kind of in the gabe-ish range right waddle dj Mm -hmm. moore gabe davis those guys it's like how do you pick between them i don't know they all look the same so who do you pick well you took mike evans so if they're all in the same tier for you you take dj moore on that team right if you took AJ Brown instead of Mike Evans you take somebody you take somebody else at that spot yeah I'm not saying you have to take somebody else if DJ Moore's your best guy that's fine but you know like you could take DJ Moore on AJ Brown teams of course but the correlation aspect is the final tiebreaker for these things it's like okay now you get to the Godwin spot right in the fifth round or whatever depending upon when you were drafting. are you taking Godwin? Or are you taking Brandon Cooks? Well, I'm going to take Godwin instead of that guy cuz he correlates with my team, right? It's just this constant tiebreaker and then you get to that quarterback tier with Brady, you break the tie with Brady over Stafford or whatever, right? The correlation is just this constant tiebreaker for that draft. No one is saying go draft the Bucks and make sure you get DJ Moore and blah blah blah, but it's it, it was such a perfect example of like who knows what game's going to go off. I did I expect no if I if I expected Bucks Panthers, I, I would have been loading up on them in DFS. I didn't play any of them in in DFS. No one expected this game to be the the total blow up, but that's why you build the team kind of as it goes, right? Your whole your whole team, you just are decision points at every single one. And I thought this was a good example of the whole week 17 thing. People are gonna fuck it up. People are already like probably gonna be disagreeing about it today, tomorrow, this week. But I actually think it was like the
2: perfect example of the entire point of everything we've said about week 17 yeah i I think that nails it like this this team nails that exactly and we see a question in the chat that's like what about the random zay or osborne to get through round one and what i'll tell you about this guy's team that's got the 184 points not only does he not have zay jones he doesn't have kj osborne on this team jesus how the hell he got this team (laughs) through I don't know. Like, because it's, I mean, his running backs are Eckler Jacobs, who Jacobs has been bad in the playoffs until yesterday. at least Eckler's
1: been good. Yeah. So he's used his score every time.
2: Devin Singletary, who's been good. So it's been Eckler Singletary for him because he's got Daryl Henderson and Terry and Davis Price.
1: Yeah. So he's just yeah. used Eckler, Eckler,
2: uh, and Singletary through the
1: whole playoffs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, then he had Mike Evans, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson. Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson. So, uh, again, Robbie Anderson was correlated for this Week 17 matchup. Donovan People jones who's been fine. And he went three tight ends with Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, and C.J. Ozoma. You look at this team and you're like, how the hell did this make the finals, to be honest, (laughs) right?
1: Hawk Hawk definitely helped. Hawkinson definitely
2: helped. Kurt Kurt Cousins helped um, as well. And he didn't even theoretically stack Kurt Cousins. He just grabbed Cousins as a one-off, and I bet you his plan was to grab Osborne, and he got sniped on him or something. Honestly, like that.
1: forgot Hawkinson got traded during that. I was like, oh, well, he has yeah. Cousins to Hawkinson. You're like, well, hey, dummy, you know, I know it's been a
2: long time since the off-season, but Hawkinson was not on, not on Kurt Cousins' team. Uh, and that was kind of the problem with Cousins in the in the draft season. He, if you didn't have Jefferson, and if you didn't already have Thielen, like. Mm-hmm osborne was the one guy to pair him with i know people were on irv smith i wasn't so much on irv smith this year um so if you grab cousins without anyone else you had to try to grab osborne and you'd lose out on him a lot of the times so Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean like he correlated for week 17 clearly was a person that knew what they were doing they had the robbie anderson as well uh just in case and he gets this team through is the point he maybe he had some pod luck Maybe if he was in some of the other pods, he doesn't get through, right? But he got it through, and he got it through, and he had the the guy. He had the Brady Evans stack, which he needed, and he's just absolutely dunking on everybody by forty points right now. So yeah, I mean, tonight, tonight could change things, but
1: yeah, but I, I I doubt I doubt it changes it to the extent of his lead. But I mean, you you never know. I guess um, if there's a game that could do it, I guess it's probably this one. But um, even Karain was saying. Last night, and I'm sure he'll probably say it again tonight, Like he barely got this team in. He only got one team into the finals, and this team barely snuck in. A, it only got second in the regular season, right? So two mm-hmm. out of 12 teams advance in the regular season. It didn't win. So it's not like it blew away the field. I mean, it's Brady and Tua. Tua Tua was fine, right? And Kittle and Gasecki at tight end. It's like, K- Kittle seems good now. Which is yeah, again another diff- Another difference in best ball. Is look at what Kittle has done for this stretch run. He leads the, uh, since Brock Purdy took over, Kittle leads the NFL in receiving touchdowns. So at tight end, at how bad tight end. And it also happened to coincide with Kelsey kind of die. You know, Kelsey has kind of died the last month and Kittle has come on in the last month. So it's been a really big, among other tight ends, but Kittle has been huge. Kaseki hasn't done shit in all, basically, he had one good week, really, all, all season to a, you know, it'd been pretty hit or miss since the really hot start. Brady's been awful. Like, how did he get this team through? You know, no, no one really, no, no one really knows, but that's just how this game goes. You know, Uh, he built a structurally sound team. He did correlate week seven. He did correlate week 17 and he obviously correlated his, he doesn't have Evans, but he has Brady, Godwin, uh, DJ Moore. So Mm. like, he built a, a well-built team and then you just pray to the gods. I know it's hard to wrap your brain around, right? Because like when you, when you say things like do the right things during draft season on all your teams and let the, let the fantasy gods, you know, and the the variance gods either play out in your favor or not play out in your favor. It's really hard to under, like humans aren't good at saying like, I have no control over this, but you really, do. once the team is drafted, you have zero control. And that's Pat, Pat's team. You know, I, this is—it's not meant to be a negative thing at all. It's a really well drafted team. Mm-hmm. It's not the team that Pat ever would have picked. If you went through all Pat's teams, even the ones that just advanced the playoffs, this would be very low on the total pool. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, it would yeah. be super low on the total pool. But that's not the—it's—it's it's, that's the reason why this game is is so crazy, and that's why we—that's why we stream so many fucking drafts and we talk about all this stuff because we're always constantly trying to look under every rock to find something new that can uh, potentially give us an edge.
2: My best team left for the year. I guarantee if I were able to go through and rank all of the teams that I drafted playoffs or not, this Najee Dalvin cook team (laughs) would have been bottom 5%. (laughs) Like for sure. Cause I would have been, Mm -hmm. I I would have asked myself what I was thinking. I'd want to go back to my headspace. Was I just like, maybe I I guarantee what I was thinking is like, I have drafted so much of the normal stuff. I'm just going to take a cook Najee team because I have just not touched them. Right. Yep. Like that had to be what it was. And that's the only thing I can come up with. And I'm like, well, if it's what you need, at least I'll have the one contrarian take to the rest of my takes or something like that. And, and it's clearly what I had to have been doing. But if you had gave me the rankings, I guarantee it would have been towards the bottom. I didn't like to start Najee. <laughs> dalvin cook clearly they're like two of my lowest owned players from the first round like easily so yeah I, I think like we start looking at stuff like that but then that's the teams you get through sometimes and it's not like you can trade them out and even if it's with players you don't like the point is still drafting them within the proper structures of how you take them right yeah. like not giving up and just being like you know screw it so once i go Najee dalvin I have to make sure that it's like a 5-RB build or something like that or like drafting the right types of running backs around them however I want to do it. Like building within that structure, like not firing off stupid picks just because I took guys I'm not used to taking. I've seen a bunch. I'm
1: I'm sorry. There's a bunch of comments I got to get to in the chat Mm -hmm. here. Let's do it. Nothing like a robust RB team winning it all to stick it to the 0-RB bros. A robust RB team is not going to win at all. There's not a robust RB team in contention. There is a an RBRB start. There's not a robust R- 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 RB team in contention. So uh, nothing is being stuck to the 0RB bros. The best part about what Pat did on his team is he takes the 0RB principles and puts them into a team like an RBRB RB start. The thing that the RB bros miss in all of the 0RB conversation is not that 0RB people are actually uh, out like not interested in the early running backs you think i didn't like christian mccaffrey everybody likes fucking christian mccaffrey you know what i mean uh, saquon barkley was one of my highest owned players like yeah. uh, he drafted Saquon. Uh, like no one who is a zero rb bro is actually anti-running back it is a structural thing and what pat is so good at and why he it hopefully wins tonight and why he deserves to win is because he has taken the types of principles that can win in fantasy from a structural perspective and putting them into every single structure and building. Like I said, he built an awesome team. Those are the teams that deserve to win. That's not a robust RB team, like not even close actually. Um, uh, Then there was another one that uh, you, when you were talking about, uh, you know, your only team that got through was Dalvin and Najee. And he was asking, uh, what does that, what does that teach you? If your lowest owned players are the ones on the team that you got the furthest, is there anything that we can, learn from and i would say not real like not really that's like we just talked about the mike evans thing i don't have any regrets about thinking mike evans in the second round was way overpriced i don't think you is is getting a dalvin like dalvin and Najee were bad yeah if anything the player take like is there anything you can learn from it is that keep drafting good structures like you did you built just like pat did now you didn't have eckler Right, and Saquon and, and um, Saquon was a little better than Najee, but like you did the same thing as Pat did. You built a really well structured team around that start that you just so happened to start with. Those two guys weren't even good. At least Pat <laughs> Pat happened to hit on two guys who were good for most of the season. Although Saquon really kind of tailed off. If you if you are a good structural drafter, you can build a good team at any time, and you mix in the right types of players around those guys right? So I draft those two running backs. That's what Pat did. That's what you did. Now I'm banking on those two dudes. They got to be studs because I drafted them in the first two rounds, right? This is the, this is where the robust bros miss the point. A lot of the times they keep going back to that early running back. Well, it's like you already filled your running back spots. I know you have a flex and I had some like three RB teams that worked, whatever, but what do you need to do after you just spent, Another thing Pat has talked about, calling the, these snake drafts more like auction drafts. Assign a dollar figure to that first, right? If there's a $200 budget on your auction, you just spent $60 on Austin yep. Eckler, okay? Yep. Now you just spent $40 on Saquon Barkley, and that keeps trickling down. Okay, you just spent half your budget on your on two running backs. Do you really need to go back to the running back well? No. And then if you don't need to go back to the running back well, what do you need to do? Right. He said, well, you know, he's he's an elite tight end guy. He took George Kittle. That didn't actually work out very well for almost the entire regular season. Right. He actually didn't draft an elite quarterback, which is a thing that people, you know, talked about a lot during the season. But he built a well-structured team with upside wide receivers right where did he feel he, he knew he needed volume of wide receivers elite tight ends etc and so you just build structure that the lesson isn't anything to do with the fact that you happen to get that that we kind of you know what you would think was a weird team through that's just variance that like that, yeah. that that's just unless you were taught like if we were just wrong about Najee, then felix would be here on the show with us we'd be sweating it out if we were just wrong about Najee's upside but you were right about dalvin and Najee, you are just good at drafting structurally sound teams. And so you just so happened to get that one through. It really didn't have anything to do with Dalvin and Najee.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's similar to what Pat did, right? I take Najee, I take Dalvin, and then my next two running backs are Devin Singletary and Ramondre Stevenson. So it's it was a far gap between taking my next running back. And then I, the only other one I took was Dearness Johnson. And I double stacked Jared Goff at the time because Hawkinson's on this team. Right. So it was Hawkinson, DJ Chark, Cole Komet was the bring back, which probably isn't perfect, but we weren't big on a lot of the Chicago guys. My other side sp- Yeah, but I don't know a... if you want to stack your tight ends for week 17. would yeah, we like right. I mean it worked out because Hawkinson gets traded, right? But it was the only Chicago bring back I could find really um at that Didn't point.
1: want didn't want Uncle Velas.
2: Right, right. So <laughs> like we're limited in that spot. But, yeah, so, like, I take Jalen Hurts, I take Jared Goff, and I just load up on wide receivers, but I'm also doing some correlation with those wide receivers. I have, you know, Christian Watson for the Dalvin Cook bring back and stuff like that. Like, so it was similar to the approach that Corrine did where I was still correlating for Week 17. I wasn't going overboard to do it and structurally – when I started two running backs, I waited until round nine, 10, 11, like 10 probably before I took the next one. And I made sure that I solidified the onesie positions. He went with a three quarterback build, but I got hurts and Devonta Smith. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. And Mm -hmm. I held off on Jared Goff. So like, yeah, it's, it's not going nuts. It's not taking those two running backs and then being like, Oh, well, Leonard Fournette fell to the third. I guess I got to take him. And then I guess I'll take Cam Akers in the fourth as well. And then fuck it. I'll take two more running backs. <laughs> and then, and then you're just absolutely stuck at that point. Right? Like, was how are you salvaging a six, a, let's just say a five out of six first round running back team. You're just not. So, and there's people that are doing this. That's why we bring it up. People in our chat probably aren't doing it for the most part. Like, maybe i'll dick around and do one of those robust teams here and there but probably never in BBM and probably only in a lower buy-in thing just to see if i can make a build that i like spoiler alert i never make a team like that that i like <laughs> You're right. right like it it just never it never makes sense so yeah i mean like i still like to do the exercises to make sure i'm not missing something but the the takeaway the long-winded takeaway from both of us is you can draft players that you don't like and everything goes down to structure and how you're drafting your teams out. And that is our edge versus the field.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that there is player evaluation. There is an, there's an edge. I actually feel like more strong about that now than I did before, but I think it's different than how the traditional fantasy football community is valuing it right what we have seen is the never-ending shitting on someone like mike evans right mike and, and i look i agree that in a vacuum mike evans in the second round given everything else right i think hacker was the one that posted the the comment earlier that adp only matters in a sense that who you're passing up on to take that player it really doesn't matter in any other like people love to be like can't take that guy in the second round or you can't take that guy in the sixth round or whatever. It's mm. like, well, what does that even mean? Like, I mean, sure. I can take him in the sixth round, but who am I giving up to take him in the sixth round? And you're like, well, this guy or that guy, or you know, th- that's where it comes into. And why Mike Evans was bad in the second round. If, if like Mike Evans was your highest exposure player in the second round, right? You drafted 30% second round, Mike Evans. Why, in my opinion, that's not good process is because, of the players you had to pass up on to take 30, right? 30, and and the players you basically have to be underweight on Saquon, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill. And that did not go well for you. Correct. Right. Even with 30% of him, you may not have got a team to the playoffs because so many of your teams got dusted off. But again, back to that original thing is the player takes are not the. I'm going to predict this breakout, right? It's always, or this guy's going to fall off the cliff or, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I'm as guilty of that as anyone is, but the take is this game is not right. Again, you, Mike Evans was maybe the worst pick in your 12 team home league with your college buddies. If you took him in the second round, you lost there. Mm -hmm. You might've got last, (laughs) you know, it's bad. I guess the guys who got hurt are worse, right? Pitts, Javante, whatever that's worse. But other than that yeah he was the worst he was like he was like that almost the alan robinson of last year he was terrible he barely helped you and we carry that over to best ball but this shit is so different like throw away what our like we need to retrain our brains to how we think about drafting in best ball versus your your traditional home even even like FFPC and stuff like that's still all so different than this. Um, and so that, that, that the, the lesson is all of that stuff. The lesson to me, like structure is the ante to the game. I, that hasn't changed. If you can't draft good structurally sound teams, you're going to pay the rake more often than not. And that is what it is. That's just, you know, that's like part one, that that's best ball one Oh one, but like best ball three Oh one, is some of this other stuff that uh those are the where the lessons lie right the best ball three we, we're not into like super super advanced best ball course type stuff yet the industry isn't big enough but we're, we're definitely getting into the real lessons that we can learn and i think evans is a good lesson but evans isn't a good lesson in like should you have drafted 25 percent mike evans because the answer is still probably no that sounds crazy because he just won people millions of dollars but like the answer is still probably you shouldn't have drafted him that much, but how much should you draft players like him, right? How Like, I think he's a terrible pick based on X, Y, Z, but I know he could do this. I know he can put up 50 in any given week, and if that happens in the fantasy playoffs, he's huge for me, right? Like, how do you weigh that? Do you just full fade and say, please, God, fuck it. Don't don't do it in the playoffs. Or Mm. do you say, like, I'm going to dedicate 5 percent, 10 percent, whatever. You know, I don't know what the right answer is, but those are the conversations we should have. Not like the stuff we do for traditional season long.
2: Well, let me ask you this, because I think we might have had this conversation in the offseason, but with a different player. I don't know if you remember this particularly, but we were going over some of our exposures at one point, maybe halfway through the season, maybe a little before that. And at the point in time, I had zero percent C.D. Lamb. Oh yeah, because I didn't dislike C.D. Lamb. I disliked where he was going in the draft, and I found myself taking guys on both sides of him, and leaving like Mike without Evans without him, <laughs> like Mike <laughs> Evans, and and just not taking him. And at that point in time, I I was nervous about it. I was like. I don't like where he's going. I think he's mispriced, but guess what? The price doesn't matter because the price is the price, right? The price is the price at the end of the day. You walk into the grocery store, you're like, I don't like that. Eggs are, God, I don't know. Grocery store prices. Jesus.
1: All eggs is funny that you bring that up. Every time I go back there, a dollar more for a (laughs) carton of eggs. Like, what the fuck is going on? CD lamb is the eggs of (laughs) of the best ball market
2: so like i and i was nervous about it i'm like i'm missing out on this guy that has that 30 40 point upside especially you know in week 17 he could be the guy you need and i knew that in my mind and so i course corrected it and i got him up to i think eight percent by the end of the season because i made it a point to start taking him um so i do think that like we can already be in on that process but we need to make sure we're doing it with players you know a to z rather than just finding mm-hmm. the one but like even if you find the one i consider it a win like yeah maybe cd lamb didn't do much for me on the teams that i drafted him on actually he did crush on the, the he's big been really team. good he's been really good for like the last month or so yeah so like you were fine with him if you got him through so yeah i mean he he could have made me some money i'd have to like really go double check everything but the process got there it's like oh i see something i'm doing wrong self-evaluating we talk about this all the time self-evaluate what you were doing i found what could be a leak in my game i thought maybe maybe in the beginning i don't remember i thought he was going to drop in price but he never did and once he doesn't it's like okay mike evans is holding holding fast in the second round Mm -hmm. well now i got to make my decision it's july right i mean (laughs) we need to establish what we're going to do with him and we need to be doing it with more players probably in the future. Look at our exposures to player players and it can go both ways too, because now that I look back on it, not being, we've talked about this, not being in on Derek Henry, not being in on Najee, not being in on Dalvin cook. Why did I have any exposure almost to, to, to that extent? Like, and here's where I could be fixing some of those other problems by, by adjusting some of these other things that I was doing that I didn't like.
1: Um, I'm glad you brought up those guys because there's a constant, like, like many things in uh, the fantasy football landscape people and uh, particularly best ball. And there will be, I I can't wait for the amount of time someone tweets about like my advantage is structure and best ball. I don't have player takes, right? I can't wait till we do that shit again in uh, June because that actually couldn't be more wrong. But where I think really, as we've outlined here a lot, the, player take edges is more in who to X out mm-hmm. than it is in who to target. Right. And now I, I, I have no, right. The, the two people that I, Karin went pretty he- heavy. Actually, they didn't end up being the guys, the guys he needed, but like he drafted 50% Rashad white. Uh, oddly enough, he, he, he wasn't willing to take some, take some stands, but a lot of the winners have, have taken stands. If you disagree with them, that is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I think the player, take, player takes are probably the most important thing. But I really think, like I said, it is, it is figuring out who to target and who not to target. And the, it's, oh, Mike Evans would be like, again, Mike Evans versus Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's probably a better real-life football player still in this. And he's on an offense that, frankly, I was more excited about. But he is just not the archetype of a player I can like really, especially in half point, maybe on yeah, draft games, maybe on draft season he's, yeah. he's different on drafters. He's different on underdog. Keenan is just not the guy to me. He's I, an X easy. Yeah. You X him out, but Mike Evans is not an X out on underdog. Right. And so like, it's those kind of player takes. I, no one said in that, in that whole conversation, did anyone say, take a stand on Mike Evans? Did anyone say, take a stand on anybody? No, but that's a player take. That's important. That's like maybe the the most important like knowing not to I, I drafted zero fucking Brandon Cooks this year. I drafted zero Allen Robinson this year. People will remember the fact, and they should, because I'm an idiot, for drafting so much Kyle Pitts and Trey Lance and Javante Williams and all of that. But like what what why I even got teams as far as I did, why I made money this year is because of the player takes. It just so happened to be not the player takes on the guys I really like loved more than the field it was on the guys to x out right mm-hmm. so why does it why does Gabe Davis not having a good year actually low-key help me it's because all the Gabe Davis teams were in lieu of any Brandon Cooks any Allen Robinson right any any of the dusty guys that went there like even like Terry McLaurin who gives a shit if I didn't draft Terry McLaurin he didn't do anything you know so like the player takes absolutely matter and um I think you know, hopefully, Kareem wins. But Kareem, I, I, Karin is a player take guy. You know, maybe not to the extent that, say, Felix and, uh, and Liam were last year. But he, an edge, his one of his edges is player takes. And but player takes can
2: go both ways,
1: right? Full fade, versus, uh, you know, taking stands on guys. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and again, I think I said it earlier, but it might just be on where you do that in the draft. I think xing guys out earlier makes more sense than taking stands earlier, maybe. And that's not to say that I won't take a stand on a guy earlier in the draft next year if I see something yeah. that I like. I just I probably can't help myself. But I think xing guys out earlier is what makes more sense in that yep.
1: aspect. I agree. Um, so, we, we, <laughs> for anyone that hasn't watched us much before, we don't like. This is never scripted. We literally both show up a couple of minutes before we go live and we bullshit about something that probably has nothing to do with what we were going to talk about. And then we just go live and we're like, let's just talk about, (laughs) uh, you know, whatever becomes relevant or whatever the chat wants to talk about. I did not expect us to talk about all the, you know, kind of lessons for uh, from from the season. Uh, But it's really good conversation. Uh, It's going to be a lot of good clips that we can use from that. I do want to talk a little bit about tonight and kind of the, the best ball finals real quick to to kind of wrap up because it yeah. is th- this is – I'm framing it mostly through the BBM lens. There's so many tournaments, so I'm not trying to um, not pay attention to those. It's just obviously with Kareem being in first and it being a $2 million top prize, it's the, the it's very top of mind. But it is crazy to me, like, A, that this game is on Monday night it's almost like underdog, you know, uh with their ad spend, they were sending some checks to Roger to be like, put this can you put can you put Bills Bengals on Monday night, please? Like uh, the amount of traffic we're gonna get to our website on Monday night is gonna be crazy. But Corrain doesn't have Mike Evans and is like he's got a there's a few teams I'm very terrified of for him personally, mm-hmm. looking at um the list. But He's also, like, still kind of the favorite, I think, which is crazy because this game tonight is, like, everybody's, you know, that's the game of the week this week. You know, Bills, Bengals, there should be offensive. They're two good defenses, so I think people are underrating that a little bit. But, you know, still, even with the good defensive play, there should be offensive fireworks with these two teams. And a lot of the teams chasing first place need a lot of points, not even just terrain in other tournaments. Like, you need... Really big, like like twenty five half PPR points from some of these guys to chase down winners of tournaments, which and that's like he doesn't even have Mike Evans. It would be one thing if it was a what, what is the original puppy you said that you were describing earlier, like that yeah. guy just hit the stone cold nuts. So like yeah, I get it. Why people need huge 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 games to chase him down? But like Crane has one hundred and sixty one points in a five hundred man field, and people need thirty Jamar Chase joint points to to catch him. That's it's a pretty crazy run out, right?
2: Mm -hmm. yeah and it does feel like baby underdog paid some money because you see the absolute (laughs) great thing they did on week 17 for the schedule and then you look at how they're bungling the week 18 schedule (laughs) right now and you're just like what are you doing nfl so i hope going forward the nfl does realize like not just for best ball but for fantasy football in general how big week 17 is it is the big week of the season it is championship games hopefully they have some schedule makers that are looking and like oh well we need these two teams to play week 17 we should probably put them on monday night because they're a big game or this one on sunday night because it's a gigantic game so i hope that they can't be like they have to be privy to it well it's money
1: if it were something that wasn't going to line their pockets they wouldn't give a shit i don't think but like dude Bills, Bengals on Monday night to win people fan Like, not even just, we're talking best ball, which is obviously huge mm-hmm. and only going to keep getting bigger. But, like, this impacts any form of fantasy football. Having Bills, Bengals on Monday night, the, the they, they were going to get a lot of eyeballs anyway. But the amount of eyeballs that they can get on this shit is absolutely insane. And then it just incentivizes people to, to gamble more, right? You're like, you know, I'm going to be watching the game. I'm probably going to throw a couple shekels on uh, on on some things before tonight, you know it is ironic. I'm not trying to make this all about me. It, I I I could make a few. You were talking about I could make a few more bucks with X Y Z. It's Gabe. Gabe is the guy Ooh. that I need. I need to have a, a big game. So I won't be rooting because I I'm not going to be actively on stream rooting against Karain, But um, it is very funny that Gabe has a shitty year and he's on all my. Literally all my playoff teams are my finals teams and uh would be the reason that I could make a few more bucks.
2: Yeah, I mean I have a Burrow double stack where Burrow just has to pass Lawrence and Jamar and T need to pass Garrett Wilson and Zay Jones to to move up the ladder, but we I are think, we're not gonna sweat it. We're not gonna I think sweat you're
1: gonna it. move I think you're gonna move up. Let's just say that much.
2: Yeah, so we're not gonna we're not gonna sweat that because again, we are anti-sweating chase and higgins tonight we do want we do want um pat to win this because it's yeah uh
1: let be of, a better guy to be comment exa- exactly um and i'll just leave it at that i was going to say something mean about other people but i'll just leave it at that <laughs> Two hundred and twelve thousand views on pat's tweet about uh sweating for the two milli tonight uh best ball about to go boom is the comment and uh yeah it's funny he posts that and every relevant person in the fantasy football industry replied you know matthew berry and everybody so like the people are pro- it would it, it actually loki is so big like i'm so excited a for pat because it, like you said it's a really good person to uh have this this opportunity but also because <laughs> selfishly <laughs> if someone like that wins and you know the matthew berries of the world are are publicizing it more i mean it's just it's obviously good for us we're, we're Talking about this year round, but like the people in the chat, the people playing, it's like, let's get we want the people that follow Matthew Barry and read Matthew Barry to be in our drafts. Let's just say that much.
2: Yeah, it's that's been a surreal moment for me this year is just interacting with Matthew Barry a few times via DM and stuff. Another mm-hmm. great guy, honestly, just another really good person in the fantasy space. Karain's a great guy. Um, and for me, because, again, I've got half a Korean's team tonight based on yeah, the draft that I dug up. Um, so I hope that, that that happens and I get a million dollars. You know, like 800000 after taxes or something like that. <laughs> All
1: right, two questions. In order to get your $800,000, who's, who's the player? Set aside the um, actual, like, specific sweats that um, Pat has. You know, cool. like the all the exact scenarios, but who's the player. I'm trying to think of the right way to frame this. Who's the player you're most afraid of? Yeah, You know, who's the player you're most afraid of? And I don't mean just like, Oh, Jamar chase, duh. But like, who's the player you're most afraid of, like kind of, you know, sneaking up there and, and, and having a big game.
2: Well, there's a guy that has the double stack or something like that. Right. Has some, Uh, or maybe there's double, but there's a burrow,
1: a a burrow T team. Mm -hmm. that hasn't had any quarterback points yet how the it's an i believe it's an evans team that's why it has so many points um and T t needs to score like hackers if you're listening will remind me exactly what it is like six or seven something like that like seven points and t's score will start start counting right so if t scores a touchdown his his points are going to be already starting to count and every burrow point counts and they're down by 36 so that's fucking terrifying right like a big a big burrow game you know, can, can get them close enough as it is. And then uh, T. so, which I, I don't, I would not feel good fading, t- fading T, you know, T or chase tonight. That that's a big one. And then I'll just pull it up. We'll, the one go.
2: that Anthony has in the chat is scary too, where they got single Terry Higgins and Knox left. And I think yeah. there's by reading this, they're 16.7 away. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's, that's, can you see scary. this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is about,
1: so these are um the, the one I just mentioned is not on here. And then <laughs> shout out to, if, if you're watching, I'm not, I apologize. I'm not trying to dunk on you. Shout out to all the people that are like 70 points back with like Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox. And they're like, you forgot this one. I'm like, motherfucker you're not alive you're not you're not coming back from 70 with uh, Isaiah mckenzie like a hacker was nice enough to put this poor fellow who needs a 28 point Isaiah mckenzie game on on here like we i probably we probably should have left that one off here but anyway uh so there these shout are out the to old.
2: hacker real quick because putting this together is top notch work
1: yeah he's the man we were talking about it uh, yesterday and uh yeah he is the absolute man um so anyway, you, what is really nice about this? And what I like what he did is on the right hand side, you can kind of get a quick glimpse and just be like, okay, that's a Tyler Boyd team, right? That's uh, this, that, that uh, or whatever. Um, but like I said, I don't have that one team. That's a burrow burrow without any quarterback points yet on here, but there's the one that, uh, yeah, you said that and this one is, a. <laughs> also this made me laugh. I don't think that's how Texas <laughs> work. Um, uh, but uh Singletary starts scoring at seven point three, which is terrifying. T at, starts scoring at six, which is terrifying. Knox starts scoring at seven point seven is not the worst. But when you combine all that with only being down by sixteen point seven, who buddy, <laughs> that that's when it gets real sweaty because like this dude's got outs to so much stuff from all
2: these guys. Yeah. Yeah, that that one seems like the real scary one. The borrow Boyd Knox one seems like it it's closer, but it's going to be tougher for it to start calm anything. Mm-hmm. So that's and not Boyd as Boyd
1: so much wor- like T and Chase can go nuts. It's really hard for I'm not saying he can't. Of course he can, but you know Boyd projects like like Chase check projects for like half point PPR like probably like I don't have it up six 15 16 points i don't know I'm, I'm throwing something at the wall boyd probably projects for like eight so like it's tough for him to get there
2: that allen chase team's slightly scary I it being it's not fully scary but allen could put up 35 chase could put up you know 28 to 30. i think the allen
1: part of it, it is in. is the scariest because he like you said he it it's really hard for chase even like in this matchup we'd have to remember the Bills defense is competent so like mm-hmm. you're not going to they just don't really give up big plays like that so you're not going to get like that Evans game but i mean he he could score let's just say 30 at a at a peak and so you really have to fade Allen going for 35 or whatever is the big fade
2: yeah i think that the three teams that are look super viable is those two and maybe the 30 from chase because although it's tough we know that chase is capable of putting up a 30 point game so like those are the ones that look the scariest i would say yeah and and
1: and that's the thing any one of them individually i went through them and like my heart was racing this morning it was a good way to wake up Is like any individual one of these outside of like you said that 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 Burrow T tea team is really scary. That one, um, what was it? Singletary uh, T tea, Knox team is really scary. A couple others that are like pretty scary. But it's just the fact that this game is so fucking popular. Like, you, like fading last night's game, you're like, yes, there's a couple teams that can hurt me. But it's like, I don't care that much. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care that much. This is like, half the people in this tournament have got, have guys in this game it's like you you know james cook breaks a long touchdown on the first drive and you're like fuck me now james cook is live for 25 points or whatever you know and that wasn't something you were even probably sweating before right and now like sunday fun day right here it's 19.2 from cook is cook probable to get 19.2 not a fucking chance but you're like in this game you just get something fluky like that and then there's other cook teams right it's this trickle down effect it's like it's it's brutal dude. It's this game is just the worst possible thing to have no no n, you know and he doesn't have a any defense, right? He has no no defense against any of these players cuz he's all done.
2: The the one that we missed is the LP 8317 who's got Burrow, Mixon, Davis and Higgins left. Oh and yeah, this is a good one. 17 from Burrow before he starts counting, almost 14 from Mixon before he starts counting he's 37 points down but the wide receiver spots are only 3.9 and 3.4 and you got Gabe Davis and T Higgins yep you don't need borrow to do much you get 25 out of borrow that's eight that brings it down to 29 you get 16 out of Mixon. that's you know 27 and then 27 divided by two is just like getting you know a couple I don't know 16 point games out of Davis and Higgins or something like that or right or less or you know some variation of that that might actually be the scariest one to that be one really honest
1: because I think Pat and I, I I sent this to Pat so he could um look at it this morning and I think that was the one he actually brought up and it's like I'm glad you brought that one up where he said like this uh, he's like I'm terrified of this this that team and it's because it's four of the best six players in the four of the best set if we include Josh Allen, four of the best seven players in the game from a like that. I mean, we know what, what Burrow, Mixon, Gabe, and T can do in any single like they could blow the shit off the out of this game, you know? And three of them are on right, kind of quasi Mixon and Burrow aren't super correlated, but I mean Mixon could catch a touchdown pass. And that would be fucking awful right Mm -hmm. and then obviously t is this anything t catches is from burrow it's like and then it's it's correlated for this game so it's like okay if burrow throws a touchdown to Mixon and a touchdown to t well now gabe's in a better spot right it's the dj moore on the other side of the brady type thing and it's like you don't want that even though that one's it's probably third in probability out of the um again that knocks T Singletary team and the just straight up Burrow and T team probably I think I'd put it you know very rough <laughs> off the dome math probably third uh, probability wise but it's not far behind and it's got the most juice like those dudes got some serious juice like I mean Gabe could catch the, a 60 yard touchdown on the first drive and you're like oh fuck you know like instantly you're like oh fuck this is bad like technically Gabe or T could like get them almost all the way there Right, they yeah. score twenty-five. They score twenty-five or something.
2: I, I think the scary part is just every player's live in it. We look at that Singletary Davis Higgins team. Singletary needs twenty-two point three before he even starts counting. So I almost just x him out completely. And you're looking at yeah, Gabe and Higgins need to get a combination of twenty above the five point four and thirteen. So Higgins could score thirteen, and Davis could still put up twenty, and the guy doesn't get there correct so i don't know i i think that borrow team might be the one i'm scared of the absolute most but again jamar chase could put up 30 and it just doesn't matter you're just dusted Mm -hmm. off at that point right Mm -hmm. so um crazy yeah would you want to know like so if you're in this spot if you were in this spot ending the night last night and i know Corrine does a show so Things were going to get thrown at them doing the live stream. But, like, if you had the chance, like, after you went, got done with the, the 4 o'clock games yesterday, would you have wanted to know or would you have been like, you know what, I'm not watching Sunday Night Football. I'm not watching Monday Night Football. I'm waking up Tuesday and seeing how this goes. Or are you, like me, and probably couldn't stop looking at it?
1: I, I, I would not be able to stop looking at it, but I will tell my not the same level because Pat's a much higher – probability winner than I was, but it's maybe five years ago at the DraftKings NFL live final. And after the early games, it's a very, very similar situation to Pat. I was in first place after the early games. Back then it was like two milli up top or something like that. So I got the screenshots somewhere back back, you know, many in the in the the depths of my iCloud or whatever. I'm in first. Wife's with me. We're down in Florida and i know it. I, i'm like two percent to hold so like i said pat was way 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 higher than i was i was a I was a dog to fall i, I finished like 13th or something mm-hmm. like that and so clearly you could see there was a lot of chalk in the in the afternoon or whatever julian fucking edelman your goddamn patriots were chalk in that in that game so that's like Le'Veon bell was out for the steelers this is how long ago this was oh yeah um God damn it, who's the they had a fullback that was like a Jalen Samuels. Remember Jalen Samuels? Oh my god, yeah. I would have never he was, pulled that name though. He was uh he was chalk as like Le'Veon's out, he's 4K on DraftKings, you know. So I faded him, I faded the whole game. So anyway, uh sitting in first, we're down in Florida. So I I sitting at home here where I am now, no fucking chance. Wouldn't be able to put the phone down, you know. Would I would watch the games, I'd be tilting my absolute face off. Yeah, We, but we left the live final and went down to the beach and like walked around the beach. And we were just like, I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to sit here and watch nine, you know, watch, well, not nine figures, seven figures, just like fall out of my pockets in real time. And everyone else, you know, they were all chalky and watch everyone else cheer around yeah. me. You know, that's kind of what Pat's going through too, is everybody needs guys from this game. It's like any of it, shout out to everybody in the chat. We love you. We're rooting for you, but like you know everybody's like i need 20 points from t it's like everybody i need a big josh allen game i need that you know because this game's so relevant for fantasy that's what pat's doing that's what i I, so i was like i can't fucking sit here and watch this we went down to a bar on the beach hanging out with locals and they're like yo you're from st louis so what are you doing here and i start telling them they're like what the fuck are you doing sitting here right now like you're winning two million (laughs) dollars and i'm I'm like yeah because i can't i can't stand to watch it so i think My answer is now living here, uh, being older at home, I would not be able to look away, but I have quasi gone through this and I couldn't, I I couldn't sit and watch. I I absolutely could not sit and watch it.
2: Yeah. I can totally understand that. I don't, I know that I would say I'd want to walk away from it and not, not look at it, but I know how I am on Sundays when I'm just sweating out a top 10 finish in some fucking stupid DFS tournament or something. Mm -hmm. Um, had one in like the double spy this week that I just couldn't stop taking my eyes off of. Yep. Like and the money just isn't even close to the same Not only, It's because I think for us like to, to simple like to put into a smaller bracket. But if any of us were to win it, it doesn't just give us two million dollars, which is the best part. We are set. I think Davis brought this up on the stream last night we're set in our field for life. We will probably always have a job at that point. Mm-hmm. Most likely. As long as we don't squander it, right? Like and <laughs> yeah. just we're completely stupid. But it's it's a resume thing that just cannot be matched by many people at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's it's just a double sweat. Not that Pat has any concern that like dude is good at his job.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So. Um the question was did you end up winning or where did you end up at that? Live final. Um, I think it was thirteenth somewhere in the in the top ten ish, top fifteen ish in in that. Uh, yeah, long time ago. Jalen Samuels was the chalkiest player on a DFS slate, so that tells you about how long ago that was. And totally agree with Hacker. This is let's wrap on the this this comment. I play I play for the sweat, um, because two two parts. One, we've seen a lot of comments about changing people wanting to change the structure of uh, in particular, say underdog or DraftKings tournaments with the pods, right? The random pods and all that kind of stuff. And people wanting to change that for fairness or whatever the fuck they want to call it. And um, we talked a little bit, we've talked a little bit about that uh, on the last show or second to last show that we did. And I think this comment is it. We don't even really have to say that much more. The reason this is set up, this game is set up the way that it is. The reason this game is so popular, the reason that next year these prize pools are going to look small, which sounds absurd, but the reason that these like we're going to get more contests and more formats and probably more sites, (laughs) right? We only really have three or four right now. Uh This is just the beginning. There's going to be more competitors even coming into this. We're the reason all this is blowing up is this. The sweat is. Unmatched in the format that it is right now. I get it. You feel shitty when Pat's team gets through and wins two billion dollars, and your Mike Evans team got dusted off in the finals, lost by two points. It sucks. I trust me. I I've been in this space for a, almost a decade now. You those those things happen. It's and it sucks. It every, we're all human, but the reason why this game is so awesome is this structure and it's because of the sweat is insane. It is absolutely insane. And I hope they never fucking change it. I don't care what all the people complaining about, uh, complaining on Twitter talk about it's completely because of, of this sweat. I mean, look at what it Pat's a show last night, Pat's show tonight, everything we just talked about for the last hour and 15 minutes wouldn't exist if we didn't have, if we didn't have this, this current format. And so, Um, And the the only other thing I was going to say is that I've talked to a lot of people over the course of the last two days. I myself was super tilted yesterday. My best team that I thought was like, like I went through every team in the DraftKings $25 because I legitimately thought my team was like, even without Jalen Hurts, it was one of the best. I had a Hurts Lawrence team. Mm -hmm. I thought it was one of the best projected teams in the $25, a 54-man field. I'm going to finish, like, fifth to last <laughs> in that. Eagles sucked. Hurts didn't play. Lawrence sucked. Jaguars took out their starters, right? Just everything was – everything – Justin Jefferson was on that team. Like, pick yep. a thing that went wrong this week. It was on those teams. That's how it goes. But the, the, the whole thing is, look, sometimes you ran bad. Sometimes you didn't. The sweat was – Awesome, and we'll have it again. We're going to be drafting playoff best ball teams starting tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to be streaming some playoff best ball drafts. It's it's never ending. Like Rob mentioned, we're going to have probably a big board or whatever the hell they want to call their first 2023 tournament in a couple of weeks. We play for that sweat, and it's disappointing when it doesn't run out for you. But like this Kareem run out could be you next year. You know, you never know. It's just uh,
2: the whole game is the fun of the sweat. We didn't even talk about Jefferson busting the uh, guy that got like so many people. First to... round
1: pick was the highest owned player in every final. That's absurd,
2: which is crazy. And he gets everybody there. He's owned at like some absurd clip in BBM at every single tournament. And he just absolutely bricks <laughs> two points. Just two... absolutely bricks assaults an official. oh yeah i forgot he bowed the official in the back of the dome (laughs) i mean like that was insanity to watch that because you would think like no matter what he was going to get his i thought he was going to get his no matter what like maybe you know he has one of his lower scoring but not what he did um like no one thought it was going to be that bad so it was just crazy like to see all the people that have him and like a lot of people were fading jefferson and not a lot of people, a lot of people that were fading Jefferson, it just helped them increase their, their standing. It was just like, so we just see stuff. That's what it just goes to the point you're making. This format is great. I saw a comment from Al earlier in the chat where like one of the guys that's in the top 10 or something like that edged him out by two points just to make it to the last week. And now he's going to win thousands and thousands of dollars, barely making it through to the finals but he got the team through. And again, it could be Podluck. Maybe that was one of the lower-scoring pods. Maybe it was mm-hmm. one of the higher-scoring pods. But, and this isn't us kissing underdog's ass either, by the way, because we've had our like run-ins with them on things that we don't like. I mean, you have to give fair critique to the sites you're, you're operating on, but I think they nail the playoff format. I think it makes it the most fun. Beautiful. It's fun to sweat it and look at all these things and just see – like what teams you're advancing and ride the highs of getting teams through that shouldn't get there, deal with the lows of teams. You're like, fuck any other pod. I get this team through. It's just, it's part of the sweat. And that goes to hacker's point, part of the sweat. It's just fun to sweat the teams all the way up until week 17. And it gets more fun. Like it, the, it, you don't like season long. A lot of people lose interest. I run a season long where we pay out the weekly top scorer, and I still had people this week that weren't in the finals that weren't updating their team. Yeah. It's like you could have got fifty dollars back. Like, best ball, we are sweating all the way through. Like, and more and more and more as we go through. So, and
1: I, sorry, just, just, just that that that. I'm glad you brought that example up and why this game, this is God's game. Best ball is is fantasy football's version of of God's game. I don't right people. I'm in leagues that do the exact same thing that that you said. Partway through every single season, no matter how committed your group is, you're going to have people getting lax in managing their fantasy football season-long team. No matter what you could you you'll say it every every year. Well, oh, we're going to put in a weekly high score because that will incentivize the dude. When you're two and twelve, do you think you give a fuck about that fifty dollars? No, you're like, get this season over. I'm never looking at that team again. Like, right. I don't care. Yeah. I, I I do it. That's a, I know, that's a, I only play kind of in dynasty leagues now because <laughs> that at least piques my interest. I can I can tank for something, right? Bijan. We're tanking for Bijan. But like mm-hmm. at, you can't incentivize people enough. The team winning the DraftKings Millie Maker in Best Ball right now, drafted. It, it's a Russ Russell Wilson team. He mm-hmm. did not use Uh, Brady score. He did not use Daniel Jones score. Russell Wilson was his quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was his second quarterback, and he drafted two more quarterbacks. Yep. Jordan Love and Jacoby Brissett. (laughs) The team is absurd, and you know, this isn't meant as a slight on that person, but I'm saying you you can win and you're never dead. The sweat never dies in this, right? There's a team again in the top three to five, maybe I don't know, that was missing eight players this week. So imagine you're like, damn it, I got this team to the finals. I, I got to fill out a starting roster of eight, and I only got 12 guys and mm-hmm. one quarterback, one quarterback, Daniel Jones. Your only quarterback's Daniel Jones. You're like, next thing you know, he's in second for 500K or yeah. whatever. It's like this game, you know, you can't beat it.
2: I just want to point out that my dog is very stressed out about Karane's chances tonight, as you can see, <laughs> by his stance on the couch right now. He he lays
1: exactly like my do.
2: It is absolutely amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, just
2: full spread eagle. Yeah, just got to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we talked about everything we wanted to talk about tonight, but I think we did get some real interesting points put out there things to look at for next year, conversations we're going to be having again next year. Uh, it's, I love that there is still so much to learn about best ball as we go forward. Yeah. So is anyway. there anything else you wanted to hit on?
1: Nope. Let's get out of here. And uh, oh, if I, I'm sure you're all very aware of this ship chasing is going live around kickoff time. I am going to join them at least for a little while to, 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 mostly just sit back and watch karine sweat over over a computer screen because that'll be very funny but um i highly recommend tuning in there root for karine or root for yourself if you're one of these teams that we just showed that are live on here we weren't trying to uh, uh not root for you we're rooting for anybody that's uh you know sweating one of these out and part of our crazy sicko community only little housekeeping is uh definitely digging into, I, I wanted to get into the playoff best ball stuff either over the weekend or, or today con the programming schedule has gotten a little wrench thrown into it with uh, the results from yesterday. And obviously with Kareem having a sweat there, we're trying to um, be smartest about how we schedule our shows. So tomorrow we're going to kick back off, play some playoff best ball content, and then be kind of starting to recap, obviously the 2022 regular season. And then, um, After the next couple of weeks, we'll get through the playoff best ball stuff and, you know, we'll get into a crazy fun offseason. But tons more playoff best ball content coming. I promise we are just trying to get through kind of week 17 here. So that'll start tomorrow.
2: And go check out my Twitter and watch the video of myself and Pat Corain drafting this $2 million potential winning team. If you haven't seen it yet.
1: Please, please go check it out. Anyway, uh Rob's dog is clearly getting antsy <laughs> to get off the couch. So, uh, we'll we get out of here.
2: Double hands, though. Double-
1: <laughs> I love it. Got it. That is literally <laughs> my dog's. Uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy the game tonight. If you have any sweats, please enjoy it. Have some fun. And uh, we will see you tomorrow.